Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak to us, minister to us, release grace, anointing in this place that will make the proclamation of God's word effective. Every resistance to the preaching and proclamation of God's word, we bind it, rebuke it in Jesus' name. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah. We will continue with what we've been talking the week before. Anybody remember the title for the message? Yes? No? Nope? Well, what was so important about the day when we started? All right. Today is not Mother's Day, but we will continue with what we've been sharing. Okay. So we were talking about Jochebed, we were talking about the mother of Moses. And we see the writer of Hebrews highlights certain things about her. And the word starts by saying, by faith. By faith, when Moses was born, they hid him for three months, for they saw that he was not an ordinary child, but he was a beautiful child. So we talked about a few things from those words. Number one, we said that Jacobet was a mother with a vision. Not a physical vision, but a spiritual vision. In other words, we said she saw what God saw. The importance in our life to see what God God sees. In the context, we said in our kids, in our children, seeing what God sees in them is absolutely important. And may the Lord grant us grace to look at our kids and to see what God sees in them. Then we said that she was not only a mother with a vision, but she was also a mother who was not afraid to make decisions. She made decisions that was crucial, that was timely in nature. She was also a mother 
with a mission. She not only had a vision, she was not only afraid to make decisions, but she was a mother who was motivated and propelled with a mission. She understood the value of time. That's what we said. In other words, she seized the opportunity, used the window that opened before her to make the moves, to move forward so that her son, child can be blessed. We said that she was a mother with courage. Okay, now we want to move on with what we were talking about. Jacobeth was not only a mother who possessed all these qualities, but the Bible makes it very clear that she was a woman of faith. Praise God. She was a woman of faith. Not only that she had faith, her faith was not a dormant faith, but her faith was an active faith. In other words, she gave legs to her faith. Praise God. Seeing as God sees is one thing. And number two is equally important that we move, that we give legs, feet to our faith so that we can reach what God has in store for us. Look at her. When you look at the heroes of faith and when you look at some of their achievements and accomplishments based on what they did. What she did does not seem to be significant till we look at it from the lens of faith. While Abraham started his journey of faith by saying, bidding farewell to his family and to his hometown and willing to wait for the promises of God to be fulfilled. That's how faith was activated in his life. For Enoch, it was actually walking with God, walking according to the plan of God, walking in the direction of God, walking in a line with God, walking in the destiny of God. For Noah, faith found action in building an ark and proclaiming the impending doom that was going to come upon people. For Joshua, it was war and going and taking possession. So faith should equate to action. Faith should lead to action if we have to possess what God wants us to possess in our life. Yes, well, as Jacobet was concerned, we read that her faith caused her to do what? Hide her child for three months. Wow. Praise God. Sometimes, faith would call you to hide Faith will call you to run. Faith will call you to flee. Faith will call you to work. Faith will call you to war. Faith will call you to worship. The question is, have we given legs to our faith? Do we allow faith to be active? 
motivated in our lives and do we look at faith opportunity to activate the faith within us. She was willing to activate her faith. Number one, by hiding the child. Number two, by defying the edict of the king. Number three, putting her son in the arms of the Lord. Shall we move on? She was not only a woman of faith, she was a woman who was effective in imparting our faith into the next generation. It is one thing for us to possess faith, and it is quite something else for us to impart that faith into our generations effectively. Praise God. And you see that impartation taking place and showing that in the life of Moses, in the latter days, we know that the impartation of faith was effective, importing it from her into the life of Moses. How do we know? Praise God. Well, when we look at the decisions that Moses made, we realize that that faith was imported. Jacobet said, defied the decree of edict. Moses was not afraid. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. When Jacobet decided that she would put him in the Nile and take that chance, risk, Moses took greater risk in her life. Let me tell you, you know, with each generation, each generation has a greater potential to do greater things for God than the generation before. Because when the baton of faith is passed on to us, with the baton of faith comes the experience that our forerunners had. And if we are careful to glean from their experience, we have the potential to go further, to go deeper, to fly higher than our predecessors. Praise God. So we have the potential when the baton of faith is passed to us to go further than our parents have gone. Praise God. Moses' mother, the Bible says, she saw what God saw. Praise God. Isn't it interesting that when Jacob saw what God saw, her son saw God. Praise God. Jacob saw what God saw, but Moses saw what? Moses saw God. Praise God. She had a faith that was willing to venture into the invisible realm and capture what God has, not only for her soul, but for an entire nation. He, in turn, he persevered, the Bible says, because he saw the invisible one. Praise God. Jacob saw what God saw and she 
persevered. Moses persevered and saw the invisible one. I want to present to you this morning that you and I have a greater potential to do greater things for God if we would yield ourselves to the purpose of God. The question is, what is it that we are imparting to our next generation? Do we import faith? Do we import fame? Do we import fortune? What do we do? Praise God. Is there anything wrong in transferring fortune to our next generation? No. Transfer as much fortune you can, but don't forget to transfer faith into your children. What do you transfer? What do you import? Do you import the tangible or the intangible? The tangible will end up here. The intangible will take us into realms that are unknown. What do you import? Do you import the perishable or the imperishable? Do you import the temporal or the eternal in nature. As much as the temporal are important in this world, don't forget to import the eternal. We might be living in a time-oriented life, in a time-oriented society, but if we can import effectively the timeless truth of God's Word into our generation, that can become, become a vehicle that can take them to their destiny and to the eternity with Jesus Christ. Amen. What do we import? Praise God. What do we import? Praise God. Around 50 years ago, a man of God came from India. He went to Texas and he settled in Texas. A few decades ago, the Lord called him into ministry. When the Lord called him into ministry, by that time he was a very affluent, successful man. He had amassed a lot of wealth, and he was successful from the perspective of the world. But the Lord called him to drop everything and venture into ministry. The man sold everything, and he decided that he was going to take a faith journey, a faith venture. This is what he did. He decided to reverse tithe. What is reverse tithe? What is tithe? 10% giving to the Lord. He decided that he was going to reverse it. You know what he did? He took 10%, called his child, and gave the 10% to the child and said, Daddy has all this wealth, but the Lord has called me into ministry, and I'm going to give 90% of my wealth I'm going to invest it into ministry. And here is a portion. It's only 10% of my wealth. It's nothing compared to what I possess. But this is for you. And the 90% I'm going to invest in the kingdom of God. 
The man moved out of America. He moved out of the United States. And he went into Mexico where God had called him. He went to Mexico and he invested 90% of his wealth into ministry, into people, into institutions that will bring about a change, a community development at the same time, propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ into a downtrodden neighborhood. And this is what the man says. His child took the 10%. It's a small amount and invested it. Over the course of time, the 10% that was given to the child outgrew the 90% that was given into the kingdom of God. Praise God. Listen, even when we transfer fortunes, it is very important that the principles of faith are transferred into the next generation. You can only give what you have. You can only transfer what you have cultivated in your life. The thing with our generations, our children are, they are good observers. Even when we don't think that they are observing us, they are observing us. They are not only checking our messages, hearing us preach, but they look at our lifestyle. They look at our prayer life. They observe our meditation. They observe our involvement in the house of God. They observe our activities in the house of God. They observe how we invest in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, impart faith and faith values into the next generation. Praise God. Don't cut on God and transfer to the next generation. It might not last. But let me tell you. When you give what belongs to him. And much more. God is faithful to sustain our generations. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's move on. Praise God. So she was a woman of faith. She was a woman who imparted or effectively transferred faith into her son. Praise God. Now, we know what is faith. The writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 11, one talks about what faith is. What is faith? This is how Augustine puts it. What is faith? Unless it is believed, unless it is to be believed, what you cannot see, that is not faith. In other words, Seeing what God sees, believing what God says, that is what faith is. And we know how faith is derived. Faith is derived from the Word of God. When you dwell on the Word of God, when you saturate yourself from the Word of God, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Hearing God's Word does not simply mean just using your ear, but understanding it and allowing that Word to go deep into our lives so that faith can be derived in us. Praise God. But faith makes demands in our life. Do you know 
faith makes demands in our life? What are the demands that faith makes? The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 11.6, what is the demand that faith makes? The Bible says, he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Two things. Number one, believe that he is. Well, everybody believes, doesn't it? Everybody believes that he is. Even the demons believe and shudder. Praise God. So what is this? Moses once asked God, he says, when people ask you, ask me who you are, what should I say? And Moses said what? God said what? God said, tell them that I am that I am. In other words, whatever you need, that is what I am. Praise God. In our faith, do we see the great I am? Praise God. When we are tested, when we go through trials in our lives, can we believe that He is whatever you need in your life? Praise God. If you are lonely, praise God. He is Jehovah Shammah who is present. If you are broke, he is Jehovah Jireh who provides. If you are sick, he is Jehovah Rapha who heals. If you are troubled, he is Jehovah Shalom who is the peace. If you are distraught, he is the one who is with you. If you are in a haze, remember he is a good shepherd. If you are lost, he is the way. Whatever you need, he is. Can you believe that? Praise God. Yes, we all believe that God is. But this morning, you have to bring God into your equation. In other words, bring God into your situation. Bring God into your predicaments and believe that He is not only a Savior and a Redeemer who saved me and redeemed me, He is a sustainer who is able to sustain me in every walks of my life. He is and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. What is this? Diligently seeking. We have no problem in believing the first one. But the second one is not just simply believing. It is what? It is calling for an action from our part. Which is, we have to seek Him. Not carelessly, not half-heartedly, but diligently seek Him. How many of you believe that God is a rewarder? Do you believe that God is a rewarder? Can you say God is a rewarder from your experience? Yes, we all can testify that God is a rewarder from our experience. But the question this morning is, I want you to look back into your life and think about how God rewarded you when you diligently sought Him out. Do you have such an experience? Praise God. When you diligently sought Him out, He rewarded you. Praise God. I'm sure that there are people in the house of God who have diligently sought the Lord and experienced the reward from Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, 
It cannot be casually done. It cannot be done half-heartedly or carelessly in diligence. You have to show all diligence actively seeking the Lord. What is it? Why is it that, that the Bible says that God wants us to be diligent seekers so that we will be rewarded? What is that? Why? Why do you, what do you think? What do you think, Jonathan? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God wants to reward you, but it's in return for being diligent in seeking him. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? What do you think God's up to? Huh? What do you think God's up to? He wants us to trust him. Very good. What else? Hmm. Oh, praise the Lord. The sister goes much deeper all the time. You got to wait for everybody to come along with you. Yeah, she's right. But what is this that God connects the reward with the diligent seeker? Why? Why? The thing is a reward system. There is a reward system. We know when you study the Bible, there is a reward system. But here, do you think it's a reward system? What is it that God's looking for? Huh? Fellowship. That's good. That's good. God takes pleasure in our company. Hello? So when you diligently seek Him, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's more than stepping down and approaching from the phys in the physical realm. It's the heart reaching out to him. See, we can move physically and we can run up to the church. We can go to the crusades. But the question is, can we make our heart move towards God? Diligently seeking us, allowing our heart, our emotions, our passions, our will, reaching out to Him. And God loves our company. Hello? Do you know that God loves your company? Praise God. Do you see... Do you look at your God as one who loves your company? Quite often we are just caught up in this thing about God being all the way up there and we being all the way down here. God being all holy and we all sinner. And there is this big gap between us. But we forget that God has redeemed us, cleansed us up. He has adorned us with the robe of righteousness. He has put the garment of salvation upon us. He has adorned us with the garment of praise. And God takes joy in our company when we keep ourselves according to his word and we have a heart that beats for him. Zephaniah the prophet says, he surrounds us with a song. In other words, he sings over us. See, we are used to us singing to him. But fellowship with him, when it becomes active and thriving, 
The Lord sings over us. Praise God. He cherishes your company and my company. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to catch that as you go home this morning. You know, we are so busy. We get so entangled in so many things. Even the religious thing, it can become like a ritual. You're going to Bible study. Don't go to Bible study anyway. But, you know, going to Sunday school, that can become a ritual. Coming to church can become a ritual. No, more than that, God wants you to enjoy His presence. Praise God. Do you enjoy His presence? When you sit in His presence, does that put a smile on your face? Or you become grumpy and, 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 and all gloomy when you're in the presence of God. No. God wants us to enjoy His presence. And He enjoys your company. He takes pleasure in our company as we seek Him with all of our heart. And He says that if you diligently seek Him, He will reward you. Praise God. But we like the other one. The other one is what? Name it, claim it, say it, grab it, take it, run away. That's what we like. The Lord says, I'm going to give it all this to you. But what? Cherish my presence. Enjoy in my presence. Does it, does it create joy in you to be in God's presence? Do you like to linger in His presence? What is this lingering? What is this lingering, guys? Hanging out. We have apps hang out. But God wants to see. We hang out. Who do you hang out with, Sarah? Who do you hang out with? You hang out with someone that you like. You don't hang out with people who you don't like. If that's the case, we would only hang out with him if we like him. If we Love Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. You don't hang out with people because you're going to get some brownie points. You hang out with, you watch you, and you are only reason that you will hang out with the Lord is because you are in love with Him. How many of you have fallen in love? Have you ever been in love? Anybody in here that has been in love? In our community, nobody raises their hand. That's the problem we have. That's the problem we have. We can't even say, I love you, Jesus. Oh, my God, is somebody watching me? I said, I love Jesus. Unless we say, I love you to your spouse, to your, to your siblings, to your parents, or you hear that from your parents, you know, you, we, that, that, that element, that emotion is, is, is squashed. So turn to the Lord and tell Him that you love Him. And you want to hang out with him. It's this company that gives you pleasure. And your company with him gives him pleasure. You look at the lives of any great men and women of God. Who have done great things for God. Who have amounted anything in the kingdom of God. You will find that they were all people who lingered in the presence of God. You know what the Bible says? Abraham, God of when? 11 in the morning. He got up early in the morning. Oh, my goodness. What is it, to brush his teeth? It was not just more than brushing his teeth. See, when you seek the Lord, when you seek the Lord, even when you're sleeping, what is active? Even when you're sleeping, what is active? 
the prophet says, you know, he has what? And hear that he is God. Because the heart and the spirit is constantly connected to him. So, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, he wants to reward us when we find pleasure in his company and he finds pleasure in our company. Praise God. What does the Lord do when you find pleasure in his company? By seeking him diligently, the Lord opens fabulous doors of blessings upon our lives. I want you to move from the realm of agonizing and complaining and grumbling and murmuring. I want you to move in, in resting in the presence of God and enjoying His company in fellowship, in communion with Him and find that He will enrich your soul. He will satisfy the deepest desire of your soul because the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hmm. So faith demands. And my time is up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Folks, us, we have the potential to go much more further than what our parents have gone. Praise God. Amen. We will see examples all over the Bible. At the same time, I want to bring a reality also. We can also go a step down from the ones that have gone before us. But our prayer should be, Lord, help me to effectively Transfer the baton of faith to my next generation so that they will go further than what I have gone. Praise God. All eyes closed shall we rise up before the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that there are three generations that is standing here. And I believe each generation has passed on faith values to the next generation. Regardless of how effective you were or ineffective you were this morning, can we pray, Lord, if I was ineffective, help me to be effective. That not only that I understand with my mind what faith is, but I will activate faith in me. And I will move, take steps of faith in my life, in my everyday life, so that my children can see that in me. Would you pray that? Praise God. Hallelujah. Would you pray, Lord, take me higher than the last generation. Take me deeper in faith than the last generation. Help me to go further 
than the last generation. Help me to do more for you than the generation before. More than anything else, Lord. Help me to enjoy your presence. Praise God. That I become a diligent seeker. Praise God. Not only for the rewards and the perks that I might receive. But Lord, let my reward be you. Praise God. God told Abraham, Abraham, I am your shield. I am your great and exceedingly great reward. Look at him as the reward. Than the grace that you receive from him. Praise God. When you have Christ. You have everything. My father we thank you and we praise you. We do confess that we have not arrived to the place that you want us to be. But we pray in the name of Jesus. That faith will be active in us. That we will look for opportunities. To activate our faith. That we will take faith ventures in our lives. Help us to know in what arenas you want us to venture, Father. For you have called each and every one of us with a unique and a high calling. Help us to understand our call and fulfill that call within us. Thank you, Father. Lord, when faith makes demands, we pray that we would yield. Yield that we may continue to grow in our faith. The measure of our faith will increase. And your name will be glorified. In Jesus name we pray this father. We commit young and old alike into your hands. We pray that everyone will thrive. Everyone will go from faith to faith. That we will walk not by sight but by faith father. For your word says that just shall live by faith. Thank you, Lord. We yield our lives to you. Send us home with your blessings. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us for now and forevermore. And God's people said, Amen.